Hey listeners. In our podcast, we tell stories of true crime and hauntings, and these stories can sometimes contain gruesome and explicit details. This podcast is not intended for listeners who may not want to listen to the graphic description of true crime events. It may cause triggers. Our hosts are by no means experts on any subject matter they discuss. They're just two friends telling you true stories from our home in the Pacific Northwest. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Or don't. That's okay, too. Life itself? Yeah, just life in general. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Fucking pisses me right off. Okay. Things that drive me nuts. Do you have any more to add for this segment? Uh, I need... Uh, uh, hang on. I got one. Go. People that wait in their cars for you to leave your parking stall. Yeah, I feel the pressure of that. I get it. Sometimes I will just, like, sit in my car Okay, I'm pretend gonna, like I don't see them. I'm going to play the flip to that, though, because we were at Granville Island, and it was so fucking busy there that you couldn't get parking, so you had to wait for someone to leave. Mm. And someone would stroll under their vehicle, and we would so we would wait and signal, and then they'd proceed to go on their phone for fucking 20 minutes, knowing there's people trying to get parking spots. Fuck you and your selfish little ass. Mm. That's how I feel about that. Okay, yeah. I mean, I could see how that would be frustrating, but one time I was parked... <laughs> The old city quarter, and this lady was like waiting to parallel park in my spot. And I like just got in my car, but I was just like, I'm not ready to leave. I'm not ready to commit to leave. So I didn't turn my car on and I sat there just to piss her off. (laughs) But then I was like, okay, that's mean. So finally I left. That makes me laugh. Um, You know what pisses me off? What? When people in it fully empty movie theater come up to the only two people sitting in a seat and say you're in my seat (laughs) that fucking pisses me off that happened to us we were the only people there sitting side by side in our assigned seats in an empty movie theater and this karen wandered up to kezia who's pregnant like just just living her best life just sat there and got comfy eating her fucking popcorn (laughs) And is like, you're in my seat. Like, straight up. Didn't even, like, ask us. Didn't ask. Didn't look at the numbers at all. Didn't just assumed that, that we, we were... were in her seat. How dare we? Uh, she was wrong, by the way. Yeah, Darla told her right fast. She's like, um, no, actually, these are named the numbers. I'm and... 10. You're not... She's 9. And those are our seats. <laughs> and she was like, we're seats 4 to 8. You're in our seats. I was like, you know what? You can't count. That's not my fault. <laughs> I was... Li- and then... Um... My purse was on one of her seats. Oh, yes. So I was like, is this one yours too? And she's like, yes, it is. So I had to move my purse. Of and then. And the theater's empty. And then she was oh, right my. beside me the whole time. In and an I didn't empty like fucking, it. In an empty fucking movie theater. So I continued to overcrinkle all our little packages. <laughs> yeah, that was excessive. What was that packaging? The, it was, we had a lot oh, of the, candy. the reasons, those chocolate oh, yeah. covered. So she had like a bag of candy. <laughs> and inside the bag of candy was individually wrapped candy. So. <laughs> Every snack made the most sound you could ever could make. I was having so much fun. And then every time she unwrapped one, then she'd laugh about it. And it was, yeah. That was better than the movie, I think. Just trying to piss her off. She was oblivious, though. And also... No, man, she gave you the side eye. Did so she? Ma- yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. She had <laughs> enough of your shit. 
And she was with like a bunch of 80 year olds. And then behind us was like a row of 80 year olds. And I was like, what is happening? Are we the youngest person watching this movie? We've hit that level. We only go see old people movies now, I guess. Well, the movie was where the crawdads sing. It was good. It was so good. Very good. Um, It's not an old people movie. I mean, I can see why old people like it. That's it kind true. of is an old person movie. All ages, perhaps. I don't know. But I give it, a, we give it thumbs up. Yes. Yep. Thumbs up for it's sure. A good, it's a good one. Okay. I have, uh, in in honor of your pregnancy, I have some fun pregnancy facts. They're actually not fun, but they're just facts. Okay. Did you know that it's possible to be pregnant for over a year? If you're a seal? <laughs> no. No. If you're human, actually. What? The longest pregnancy ever recorded was the pregnancy of a woman named Beulah. What? Beulah. Oh, that's not that's not nice. Who names her kid Beulah? I don't know an old Beulah German Hunter woman? from Los Angeles. Oh, Beulah's pregnancy was twelve and a half months long, three months longer than the average pregnancy. Don't they induce you? I thought it? so, but I guess Beulah was like, "Nope, I'm all in." Hmm. Did you know that babies cry in the womb? What? Yeah, the little one actually starts crying before they're born. Studies have shown that babies begin to cry silently in the womb as early as twenty-eight weeks. Silent cries. Yeah. Scientists believe, well, they have no oxygen. They can't make yeah. sound. Scientists believe that this is a form of practice um, communication for when babies are born rather than reaction to feelings. So they're just like. They're practicing their cry. So they're ready for you. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. Also, did you know that your heart actually grows? It seems becoming a mother makes your heart grow, literally and figuratively. Uh-huh. Your blood volume increases by up to 50%, and your heart beats faster and stronger, growing larger to keep up with supporting the little miracle growing in your body. Oh, my goodness. You got a big heart. You're like the Grinch. I do feel like my heart beats faster, and climb like stairs are awful. Yeah. You're moving a lot of things. One flight of stairs will end me for, like, (laughs) hours. (laughs) It's almost done, then. I know. I'm not. I'm, I'm fine. Uh, also, you you have heartburn, right? We've talked oh, about yeah. this. So pregnant women suffering from heartburn are more likely to give birth to babies with full heads of hair, oh. which was true for me. It's a tickler. Yeah. <laughs> is that what it is? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then their hair falls out. And yeah. And it comes back. My, my, all, my kids' hair, they all went bald and cul-de-sac-y. Aww. And then it came back. Also, cool. did you know that it takes a drop of water 90 days to travel the entire Mississippi River? <laughs> That doesn't fit in, but I thought Pardon, that was interesting. What? Can you say that again? 90 days. It takes a drop of water 90 days to fully travel the entire Mississippi River. Three months. Tra- travel where? From the beginning to the end. Of the Mississippi River? Yeah. Why is that, this confusing? Because I'm just picturing a drop of water somewhere on something, and now it's traveling the Mississippi. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That was very hard for me to comprehend. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. You're welcome, though. <laughs> Thanks. That's all I have for interesting shit. That's cool fact. It's, it's been a slow week. <laughs> I have nothing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I did have something. James General Store in Nanaimo is right by my house. I went in there the other day, and the door was locked, and the lady... I had to unlock it to let me in. And then she proceeded to tell me that that was the second time in two weeks that the same guy has come in there and robbed the store clerk at knife point. In the middle of the day? I didn't ask her what time, but she was like on edge. And I and then she said it, it was a new girl that had started that got um, 
the guy like held the knife to her stomach. That's awful. What the? F- yeah. So she's traumatized. The other co- co- the other coworkers won't come into work. No shit. You don't get paid enough to be stabbed. Until, yeah, until they figure it out. Second time gasoline. in two weeks, same guy. I'm like, what are the cops doing? No shit. Um, I guess they, I've identified him, but they can't find him. And um, I know where he is. He's at the gas station. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he lives in a little dumpster They could just, like, outside. wait there for a little bit. He'll probably come back. Yeah. But, like, imagine, like, I wouldn't want to work there. No, you get paid... What, $11 an hour to fucking sell chips and gasoline and then you're going to get stabbed? Yeah, no. No, not worth it. And I was like, well, you shouldn't be working alone. She's like, well, no one else will come into work. So, How um, old was this lady? She was probably in her late 50s. Wow. And... Like, I'm wondering why does she feel so responsible to go in? I think just because she's probably been working there the longest. Right. And she's like the oldest, the eldest worker. Yeah. Um, and nobody else will come in. But I think it's smart of her to keep the door locked. And just because she knows the regular customers. Um, and she doesn't think a little pregnant lady's going to stab her. No. No. <laughs> um, but I, but she didn't look okay. And I was like, are you okay? She's like, no, I'm not. And Aww. I'm like, well, that's very scary. You shouldn't be working alone. And if you don't feel comfortable, you should just go home. Yeah. Close She's that like, shit. I'm leaving in an hour. I'm like, okay. But well, yeah, if fucking he, guy. Maybe he's a listener. If you're, a li- stop. Don't do it. Stop fucking around. Stop fucking around. His you're scaring um, people. But anyways, rough neighborhood, guys. Um, if you live in that hood, just be wary of machete man. <laughs> I don't know if it's a machete, but that makes it a lot scarier. Spooky wookards. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any? Uh, well, how was your week? Uh, uh, it was okay. Did some traveling to Vancouver. Really mm-hmm. exciting. Was it? No. And uh, it was okay. You know, getting to the end of my summer break. My I have to go back to work soon. So feeling <sighs> that pressure. Feeling that. What's the opposite of the light at the end of the tunnel? The darkness at the beginning of the closet. What? <laughs> <laughs> the shit at the bottom of my shoe. No, it's not that bad. Take that one out. So that the opposite, rude. the opposite of light is dark. The end of the tunnel would be the begin, the darkness at, right at the front of the tunnel. Yeah, at the front I'm of the clouds. Enter- I'm en- I'm entering the dark tunnel. Mm. Yeah, I've left the light at the end of and the previous gonna- tunnel, and I'm going back into a new tunnel. You just came I'm out. Just, yeah, I just and got out. Going back in. I'm in the light, but it's it's fading fast. That sounds scary. There's vampires in there. I know. And in the tunnel. Yeah, they're three-year-olds. And ghouls. <laughs> and goblins. I like that shit. That's okay. I'm ready for it. But hey, Halloween is just around the corner. Which is our favorite, obviously. I know. Maybe we'll get um, <laughs> the baby to do uh, an episode. Uh, okay, and it's just like 50 minutes of a baby crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll use real-life sound effects this time, not ones we found on the internet. Perf. Um, and, well, okay. So if you don't have anything to share, I'll just jump right in. Do it. To um, Have you ever wondered where horror movies originated? No, but now I am wondering. Well, let me tell you. Okay, good. <laughs> In the late 19th century, filmmakers started to dabble in the horror genre, 
1896 was the first. It's a long time that ago. It is a long time ago. The House of the Devil, it was called. That it sounds was, scary. It was a short film by French director Georges Melies. Melies? <laughs> Maybe. George Melies. George M. George. The French GM. America was home to the first Frankenstein, Frankenstein and Jackal and Hyde movie adaptations in 1910. So that's kind of when it all started in America. Right, because cause they're based off the books, though. So the, there was yeah. horror books, books long before, and then the movie. I see. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. So the, the most influential horror through the 1920s came from Germany's expressionist movement with films like The Cabinet of Dr. Calgary and Nostreu. I don't know. They're German. Is it actually say Calgary? It's spelled C-A-L-G-A-R-I. Calgary. 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 <laughs> Weird. <laughs> and then actor Lon Chaney single-handedly kept... American horror float with The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Nice. And, um, yeah, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, The Phantom of the Opera, and The Monster. I really like The Phantom of the Opera. In the 30s, that's when we got movies like Dracula, Vampire. Vampire? It's vampire, but it's spelled P-Y-R. Vampire. It's still vampire. Freaks, The Mummy, King Kong, and more Frankenstein movies. And let's pause to appreciate how cool is the art I know. I love, hey? Look at that. Like old-fashioned movie covers. By the 1940s, the Universal Monster movie formula was growing a bit stale, with sequels like The Ghost of Frankenstein and Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman. So other studios stepped in to fill the horror void with more serious-minded movies. I haven't heard of these ones. Cat People and I Walked with a Zombie. I wonder if there's somewhere we could watch some of these. Oh, probably, for sure. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Then MGM put out a picture of Dorian Gray, which won an Academy Award for Cinematography. Never heard of that one. So now we're into the 50s. Various cultural forces helped shape horror movies in the 50s. The Cold War fed fears of invasion. Then that spawned Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Classic. The Thing from Another World. The Blob and Godzilla. And scientific breakthroughs led to mad scientist plots like The Fly. That I think that's so cool. So good. That is a great movie. That's mm-hmm. one of the first I've watched as a younger person. Yeah. I think it's really interesting how cultural events shape the movies that are coming out and how people relate to them. Totally. That's dope. It is cool. And then came like 3D gimmicky movies, House of Wax, The Creature from the Black Lagoon. I've heard of that one, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. I don't know if I've seen it, but I, I know what it's about. And then international horror films started to come out. Japanese one called Yugetsu. Italian, I Vampiri, and French, Diabolique. We should watch a scary movie from each decade. We should. Yeah. That's a great idea. No decade had more seminal horror films than the 60s. Yeah, so things that came out in the 60s highly influenced the future horror. Had most influence of horror movies moving forward. Reflecting the social revolution of the era, the movies featured controversial levels of violence and sexuality. Blood Feast... Witchfinder General, and Repulsion. I haven't heard of the, those. Me neither. Peeping Tom and Psycho were the beginning of the slasher movies of the coming decades, which I love. You like the good slasher? Yeah. Like. George Romero's Night of the Living Dead changed the face of zombie movies forever. Alfred Hitchcock came out with Birds and Psycho. Those were like two of my favorite early movies. 
birds freaked me out. Yeah. Yeah. I remember being very scared. Then Vincent Price came out with 13 Ghosts, The Fall of the House of Usher. Dude, 13 Ghosts is good. That, we're already at that decade? When did that come out? This is We're still in the 60s. Okay, then I'm thinking of a different 13 Ghosts. I'm thinking of the newer one that has this guy that you like from Scream. Skeet? Yeah. No, that's not Skeet. Sorry, not that. Matthew Lillard? Yeah. Matthew Lillard. <laughs> that's, there's an older 13 Ghosts? Yeah, from the 60s. So there's a lot of movies that have been remade, remade but... There's a 13 Ghosts. He also did Witchfinder General. Herschel Gordon Lewis made Blood Feast and 2000 Maniacs. And Roman Polanski, mm-hmm. he did Rosemary's Baby. Yep. That movie's good. Yep. And then Mario ba- Bava did Black Sunday and Black Sabbath. So Black Sabbath was named after... The band? Or the band is named the, after the movie? The movie... The band is named after the movie because Black Sabbath is a movie from the 60s. When did... When was the band uh, Black Sabbath... Ozzy, Ozzy, uh, let's see. If we ever start a band, we should name it after. Yeah, they, oh, Black oh. Sabbath formed in 1968. Okay, cool. That is cool. The things you learn. Pretty neat. The things you know. The things you do. <laughs> Ting. Where's that other little instrument? Now we're in the 70s. So the 70s really pushed the envelope even farther than the 60s. Social issues were tackled from sexism, the Stepford Wives, and consumerism. Dawn of the Dead, to Religion, The Wicker Man, and War, Death Dream. Exploitation movies hit their stride with graphic sex, I Spit on Your Grave. That's rude. I know. And Vampiros Lesbos. <laughs> I don't really want to watch that one. Vampiros Lesbos? That sounds It could stupid. be really good. It's pretty funny. And violence, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and the Hills Have Eyes. So I didn't realize the Hills Have Eyes was originally from the 70s as well. The Hills Have Eyes is a fucked up story. But it's been remade, right? Right. I've only yeah. seen the newer one. We should okay. watch the old one. We should watch the old one. And then came Jaws and the Hall- Halloween movies were born. And then Carrie. Those were like, those were pretty great. So, And then we were in, into the 80s, which I think was like, Probably the best era for horror movies. Some of my favorites. The Shining, Friday the 13th, Poltergeist, Gremlins. Gremlins is hilarious. <laughs> Evil Dead 2, Child's Play. That was one of the first horror movies I think I watched in grade four. Pet Cemetery. What about like Nightmare on Elm Street? That would have been probably the same. It's era. the 80s, yeah, 84. Yeah. Freddy Krueger. That was the first one I saw that it really wasn't okay for me. Yeah. <laughs> Then we have the early 90s, which Silence of the Lambs. Like, when I ask, when you ask people their favorite scary movie of all time, that one comes up a lot. It's a great movie. It is. It's my top five. For sure. And then, like, Scream, I Know What You Did Last Summer, Urban Legend. Like, those are all pretty classic now, I'd say. Yep. And then Scream spawned this slasher, f- um, like... Modern day splash. Yeah, so that so that all those movies were kind of fell under there. Um, well, there, there was already after a slasher. There was in the sixties, but it, but I think Psycho. Scream really what does it say ignited the slasher flame, and then Ringu that was a Japanese movie which The Ring was adapted from. Sixth Sense, Blair Witch Project, Jurassic Park those are all nineties. I wouldn't you can I wouldn't consider Jurassic Park a horror film. No, but I think for what it was in its time, 
with the um, CGI. Yeah, it was, it was it like was really pretty good. groundbreaking. It was really good. Yeah, because if you think about movies, I mean, now it's like a night and day, but that was like the first movie of its time that was like that, I think. I think Ninja, Visually. Ninja Turtles kind of did that thing too, didn't they? Before that? Those were costumes though, weren't they? Yeah, maybe. It was definitely huge. I remember it being. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Star Wars was the first like CGI that blew everybody's mind. But right. that was before us, really. Right. But for our... I just remember being like... Blown away. Blown away. Yeah. Um, and, then the t- and then the 2000s, that's when they started making all the remakes, like Dawn of the Dead, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th, The Saw movies, 28 Days Later... Now there's so many freaking movies you can't keep up. That's why I think it, we've talked about this before is I'm starting to enjoy like the more of the foreign horror movies because everything made here is kind of all this. It seems like it's really repetitive and kind of the same yeah. setup for everything. Exactly. That's why I feel like the 80s and the 90s horror was like timeless. I think there's some pretty dope 70s too, late 70s. Yeah. Yeah, but I agree. Yeah. But everything since like mid 2000s probably, it's not as good. Like it's hard to find a horror movie now that is actually like wow that was amazing. I've been so I made a list here of movies from each decade for us. Wow, you're so on it. I'm on it. Cool. But yeah, I was interested in that, and there you have it, folks. That's really cool. (laughs) You raise your hand. Yes, I'm just. You may speak. I'm just just kidding. (laughs) Lady in the back. Lady in the Tramp. Do you know what's really creepy? What? Like human-cat hybrids. Yeah, they're fucking gross. Okay, break. Break time. Listeners, listen up, listeners. We would like for you guys to share some weird or crazy or spooky stories. You can email us at radiofacestories at gmail.com. We will share your stories on our podcast. And that is all. Hey guys, if you're enjoying Radio Face Stories, send us a message to radiofacestories at gmail.com. Or how about buy us a coffee? Or a beer? From buymeacoffee.com slash radioface. Link is in our Instagram bio. Thank you. Thanks. Is it recording now? Yes. Great. Welcome back. Welcome. All right, it's my turn. It is. It is. I'm excited. Good. Okay. Don't don't be too excited. Did you type this out? I motherfucking did. Whoa, Darla. This is like a huge step for you. I know. What happened? Uh, I had extra time. I love it. Okay. This Better is... be good. <laughs> Just kidding. This is the story of the HMS Terror. In 1845, seasoned naval commander Sir John Franklin set out to find the Northwest Passage aboard two ships, the HMS Terror and the HMS Erebus. Both ships were war vessel built and commissioned for the War of 1812. After the war, the warships also saw numerous and other important naval actions until the year of 1828 when they were both disenabled. In 1845, after the successful culmination of an Antarctica exploration, the Terror and Erebus were yet again recalled for the exploration of the Northwestern Passage in addition to gathering vital data pertaining to the magnetic forces in the Canadian region of the Arctic. Cool. With Sir John Franklin at the helm, the two vessels undertook the immensely risky and severely testing journey with a total of 120 seamen in both vessels. <laughs> no jokes. You don't need to do a joke. No jokes. By all accounts... Ter- Although that is quite a lot of seamen. <laughs> By all accounts, Terror was prepared to brave Franklin's expedition, and both she and her sister ship, the Erebus, were consequentially 
equipped with robust iron-layered hulls and steam engines. These were among the most scientific equipment available at the time. So they were traveling together. Yep. Both ships were also stocked with three years' worth of food. Together they carried... Initially, there was 130, uh, 134 men, but five were discharged within the first few months. So ultimately, there was 129 total. Oh, okay. The Terra and Erebus together carried 32,000 pounds of preserved meat, 1,000 pounds of raisins, and 580 gallons of pickles. Wow. Okay. Just think about that for a second. For three years. Yeah. Meat, preserved meat. Raisins. Raisins and, and pickles. pickles. That is your diet? That's your diet. I would probably, like, I'd be down for a bit, and then I would just jump <laughs> off the boat. How long would you be down for? Like, I don't even know if I'd make through one meal of raisin, well, pickles, raisin meat, and pickle. Pickles could sustain me for a while. Raisins, those can go. Like, I don't even know why those need to be on there. I guess it's the dried the, fruit. That's the fruit that you need. You don't want to get scurvy. And, I mean, I'm always down for preserved meat, so. Is that spam? What is a preserved mm, meat? Well, it could beef be, Beef like, jerky? Yeah, like dried oh, okay, meat. Okay, I could do beef jerky and pickles for like quite a while. Or, like, prosciutto or something. I don't think that's what they were eating. No. <laughs> okay. But spam is probably likely as well. The very last time anyone saw either the HMS Terror or its sister ship was in July of 1845, when two whaling vessels spotted them cross from Greenland to Canada's Baffin Island. The next time the Terror was seen was at the bottom of the Arctic Bay. The loss of the 1845 British Naval Northwest Passage Expedition was devastating. The British Royal Navy dispatched dozens of search parties soon after the ships disappeared. It is said that the, after the last sighting, the Terror and Erebus faced many problems that resulted not only in the death of many of their crew, but also of their skipper, Sir Franklin. Following Sir Franklin's death, the next skipper, Franklin Cozier, decided to abandon the ships and look out for safer areas. But due to the geographical location of the area, it is believed that the remaining crew would have to resort to cannibalism to stay alive or would have succumbed to medical problems like tuber tuberculosis and scurvy. Whoa. In 1850, American and British search parties were stunned to find three unmarked graves on the uninhabited land of Beachy Island. The graves were dated 1846. So the three corpses that were found on that island remain buried there to this day. Wow. An even bigger discovery was made four years later when Scottish explorer John Ray met a, group of, met a group of Inuits in Pelly Bay who had some of the belongings of the Franklin crew. The Inuits explained that there were piles of human bones scattered around the area and many of these skeletal remains were cracked in half, which suggested that Franklin's men likely resorted to cannibalism before they froze to death. These claims of cannibalism have been taken into serious account as there's also claims that some of the sailors did live for up to three to four years after abandoning their vessels. Whoa. They lived off the other people for four years. That's... The other crewmates. I mean, you Each gotta other. do what you gotta do, but that's next level. Then in the 1980s and 1990s, researchers discovered knife marks on additional skeletal remains that were found on King William Island. This all but confirmed that after disembarking the terror... A starving crew murdered and dismembered their peers before eating them and extracting their bone marrow. Okay. That's more like it. <laughs> In 1984, anthropologist Owen Beattie exhumed one of the bodies that were buried on Beachy Island and found a pristinely preserved member of the expedition named John Torrington. According to the letters from the crew that were in his casket, the 20-year-old died on January 1st, 1846, and was buried in five feet of permafrost. 
Torrington was lucky, though. Nothing in his autopsy report suggested that he was one of the crew members that fell victim to cannibalism. Torrington's 88-pound body suggested that he was malnourished before he died, and he contained deadly levels of lead. Because of this, researchers began to believe that the crew's food supply had been poorly canned and likely poisoned all of the 129 Franklin's remaining men with some le- some level of lead poisoning. Oh, wow. So do you think they just, obviously, they started killing and eating each other because they're in the Antarctic and there's literally no food there? It's just snow. Snow and polar bears yep. and fish. Yeah. There's actually a show on Prime called The Terror that is off is based on this. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of adds a little supernatural stuff, like monster style to it, but it's a very good show, and it's all about the ter- these two ships getting stuck in the Arctic and what happens to the crew after that. They so just kind of start losing their marbles a bit. Yeah, yeah, it's it's I watch it. It's on Prime. Very okay. good. Two seasons of it. Cool. So in 2014, the HMS Erebus was discovered in 36 feet of water off the King William Islands. Two years later, the terror was located in a bay 45 miles away in 80 feet of water, so off the coast of King William Island and in in Canada's aptly named Terror Bay. So the terror ended up in Terror Bay. Where's Terror Bay? Like the bay is named Terror? Yeah, Terror Bay. But like before this happened. It It was was named Terror Bay in 1910, I think. Wow. It's like the Bermuda Triangle or something. It's pretty weird. I think they possibly named Terror Bay after the ships went missing in that area, though. Oh, okay. But it's still, like, the the Erebus didn't land somewhere else, and ter- the, the HMS Terror landed in Terror Bay weird. or ended up there. In 2019, Parks Canada archaeologists sent an underwater drone to explore the ships, and they made a startling discovery. Lead archaeologist Ryan Harris said that the ship was amazingly intact, and it's hard to believe that this is a 170-year-old shipwreck. You just don't see this kind of thing very often. Why the ship separated and then sank remains a mystery to today. There's no obvious reason for the terror to have sunk. It wasn't crushed by ice, and there was no breach in the hull. Yet it appears to have sunk swiftly and suddenly, and then settled gently to the bottom. Weird. That's super so it's weird. unexplainable. Did they have, um, like, cannons and stuff back then on those ships? Well, they... W- I. I mean, they did have cannons, and these were warships, but they altered them when they went for the expedition. So I don't know if they had cannons when they were on this expedition, but it's possible. Mm. Even now, there has been searches followed through to try to gain knowledge about the actual calamity falling upon these ships. And while these searches have not yielded any solid conclusions, the Canadian Park has nonetheless declared the area to be a national historical site. Cool. There's some really d- gross pictures that, that goes along with this. So if you're interested of, in like, that. Of like the actual discovered bodies? Of like stuff? the mummified bodies from Whoa. the graves on, on the island. Just check this out. Oh my goodness. What? That's just like from being preserved in the yeah. snow? Yeah. That's pretty amazing actually. They're like so pretty... if you like graphic photos, uh, I will post these pictures of the mummified bodies uh, on our Instagram. Well, I don't think they really have a choice. No, you're going to see it. Yeah. They're not that <laughs> I don't know. I found... The, this picture was the reason why I chose this story. <laughs> look at him. Looks like look he how great his teeth stuck look, in a though. windstorm. Yeah, no. I think it's fuck? cool. Is that a woman? The other one? No, they just had long curly hair. That's John Torrington. Whoa. The 88-pound 20-year-old. 88 pounds. That's so little. My goodness. That's yep. cool, Darla. That's a really cool story. My sources were... 
from websites allthatinteresting.com, rmg.co.uk, dbpedia.org, and marinesite.com. Cool. Yeah, man. I like that. Watch the show. Watch the it, the Prime show, The Terror. We have some exciting plans now. We're going to go get blizzards from Dairy Queen. And we're going to watch uh, Incantation. Yeah, it's another foreign horror foreign horror movie it looks terrifying yeah we're gonna watch incantation it's on netflix it's a taiwanese supernatural found footage horror film supposed to be really messed up so we'll let you guys know that's our specialty and yeah we will ice cream and scary movies bye bye